the Disney film Chicken Little, uh, we explore the aftermath of Chicken Little's life after the fateful day that he threw the city of Okeoks into a panic by declaring, the sky is falling. And his mantra after a year is, today is a new day. But as the show goes on, you realize that today is not a new day. Today is just like yesterday and the day before and the day before. That's typically how things go. And perhaps, uh, perhaps you felt like that before. Uh, you know, we just rang in a new year and the promise of new beginnings is still fresh in the air. Uh, perhaps you are thinking to yourself, 2022 is in the past. 2023 is going to be different. And perhaps just a few days in, 2023 is already shaping up to be a lot like 2022. And tonight we're, we're going to start a new series based out of Ephesians chapter 4 titled New Year, New You. See, in Ephesians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul holds out the possibility that change, real and lasting change, is possible. When we come to a, a saving relationship with Jesus, you are made new. The way Paul puts it in verse 17 is that we no longer walk or we no longer live like the Gentiles do, but our life conforms to the teaching of Jesus. And what we want to do in this series is look at different areas of our lives that, that Jesus is renewing, reshaping, making new, like our speech and our relationships. However, before we look at specific areas, uh, I want us to look at how this change can even come about. Uh, because it's, it's not instantaneous. And so from our text tonight, which is Ephesians 4, 17 through 24, I want us to look at three things. I want us to look at the process, the problems, and the key. And, and I am feeling, for whatever reason, a little artsy, so I'm going to doodle as we go. Just uh, pl please be kind. I'm not an artist by any, any stretch of the imagination. So uh, the process. Uh, the process is really confined to the last three verses of our passage. Uh, where, where the Apostle Paul says that we are to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. There's really two parts to this process that are tied together with a single metaphor of getting dressed. Uh, and so the first part of our, our process, of the metaphor, is that we need to put off. We need to take the, the old, so we'll just put you right here. You're happy now because of Jesus. Uh, so we've got to put the old stinky garment. You know, it's gross, it's rips and tears. We've got to put that off. And, and so this is a fancy way of Paul saying that you need to stop uh, doing those things that are inconsistent with Christ's teaching. And the way that we put something off is that we repent of it. Um, you, you can't put something off and still be wearing it. You can't say, oh, look at this. I have mud and dirt and all this nastiness on my shirt. And then keep wearing the shirt. You gotta, you gotta take it off. And the way we do that is a fancy word called repent, uh, which means that we do a complete 180 we, we are repulsed by and hate the, the thing. We want nothing to do with it. And so we, we put off the, uh, the old self, the old way of living. But you can't just take clothes off. You have to put something new on, right? And so that's the second half of the process. We put 
on, which means we start doing things. And if I can replicate a nice clean shirt, here we go. Now this is horrible, but bear with me. Uh, so putting on. So what is again? Just a, a metaphor, if you will, for, for the new life, which is a catch-all for living and thinking that is consistent with Jesus' teaching. And what's the, what we try to do sometimes is only do one of these two things. Paul is very clear, you have to do both. Because if you only do one, the process completely falls apart. Like, if you, if you try to stop doing something you know you shouldn't do, but you don't replace it with a new habit, you're just going to come back to the old, because nature abhors a vacuum. You need to replace it. But if you try to put something new on, trying to live consistently with Christ, but you don't deal with these old habits, you're just going to pollute the new garment. You have to do both. You have to put off the old, stop the sinful, put on the new. This is how followers of Jesus experience change. We put off, we put on. Which sounds good. As far as I can tell, there are two problems with that. Maybe you can think of more. I could only come up with two. Problem number one, we don't want to put off the old. Uh, my daughter, Darcy May, has had the, the same lovey or, or cuddly since, I think, since she's been born. It's, it's this little polar bear named Frosty. At least it used to be a polar bear. I would show you a picture, but it is the stuff of nightmares at this point, because my daughter's almost four. And so, like, like, the face has been ripped off, like, the, the, the hands are mauled beyond recognition. It smells like soiled milk. It's gross. We can't give her a new one, though. She won't go to bed without Frosty. Why? Because it's a comfort to her. The old is comforting. It feels right. And we have the same relationship with our old way of living. We hear and maybe even agree with Paul as he paints our old way in dark terms. In verse 18, he says that, that the way the Gentiles live, they are, they are darkened in their understanding. They are alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. And we hear this, and we know this, and yet there is something alluring, something safe about the old way of living. And so the first problem is that we cling to the old way of living, and we don't actually want to give it up. But every once in a while, we do. Uh, perhaps we have some um, really bad run-in with sin and its consequences, or, or maybe we go to winter retreat or the summer trip and have this mountaintop experience, and we're like, yeah, I, I want to put off the old way of doing things. I want to kick this in the butt, and I, I, I'm going to start living for Jesus. And we start trying to do the right things, the things we are called to do. And that's when the second problem comes into play. See, we tend to think about the Christian journey like it's, um, tend to think about the Christian journey like we are uh, walking on a path. This is an aerial view, by the way. Guy walking on a path. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, here's the reality, though. Uh, the Christian journey is 
like trying to walk up a down escalator. You are tr struggling to move forward, and yet everything in this life seems to be trying to get you back to the old way of doing things. And if you stop for a second, it seems like it takes you right back to square one. And so you, so the second problem is simply we can't seem to keep this half up. We can't seem to keep the new self on. And so we know the process, put off, put on, but for whatever reason, we just can't seem to make it happen. And that's because I think oftentimes we are forgetting the key to making all of this work, which we find uh, right smack dab in the middle, verses 22 through 24. Good old verse 23. It says, in between those two things, that we need to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. See, being renewed is what ties all of this together. So we need to make sure that we understand what that means. To renew means to refresh or restore something. So like we're coming off of a two-week break. The point of that break is to renew all of you. You guys have been going hard uh, for months working in the fall, and so, so winter break is intended to refresh you and to strengthen and restore you for the coming semester this spring. And in the same way, we need to be renewed if we're going to put off the old and put on the new. So let's unpack this a bit. What, what needs to be renewed? Well, Paul says here that, that our minds are the thing that need to be renewed. And by mind, uh, I don't want you to think like the logical part of my brain where I make decisions. That, that's included, but think of it more as like command central for your life. Like this is where both your decisions and your dreams and your emotions all flow out of. And what you fill your mind with impacts the way you live. Right now, Theo is super into Pokemon. It lives like rent-free in his brain right now. And so uh, he wants to buy Pokemon things. He wants to watch Pokemon shows. He wants to talk about Pokemon things. Do you see my point? That what you fill your brain with, what you fill your mind with shapes what you say, what you think, what you do. And Paul's already told us that what's naturally in our minds is futile. It alienates us from God. And so our minds need to be renewed. But renewed with what? And that's what verses 20 and 21 roll out for us. Uh, Paul says that unlike uh, the way the Gentiles live, that, that we have learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. The, the way we renew our minds is by rehearsing what we have learned about Jesus. Now, this doesn't just mean facts about Jesus. That is important. But you have to, to couple those facts with reality, with your experience. It is one thing to tell yourself, God is good. It is another thing to say, God is good, and here's how I know. And so to renew our minds means that we are rehearsing and refreshing the teachings of Jesus and connecting it to our lives. So like, if you were to rehearse how, you would rehearse how God has been good to you in any number of ways culminating in Jesus' death on the cross for you. 
And here's why renewing our minds with Jesus makes this whole process possible. When we, when we renew our minds with Jesus' work towards us and for us, it, it lets us see and smell how rotten this side is. We cling to this side because we think it'll make our life better. When we see what Jesus has done in us and for us, we realize that we're holding on to a stinky trash can full of poop. And renewing our mind in the teachings of Jesus helps us put on the new because when we look at Jesus, when we see him who gave everything for us, for our benefit, then we can rest assured that if he calls us to do it, even if it's difficult, it must be for our good. And so the question for us as we come away from this passage is where are you renewing your mind with? What's flowing through there? Because over the next few weeks, we're going to look at several areas that Paul outlines in Ephesians chapter 4 where we are to become new when we surrender to Jesus. But we won't be able to see change in any of those areas if we are not renewing our mind. And so what are we what are you reflecting? What are you renewing your mind with? Because that will influence how you live. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight a bit more in small groups. So uh, let me pray, and then you are dismissed. Father, we do come before you, and we thank you that in you, today truly is a new day. That because of your great provision and love and care for us, we can be new.